What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Alternate Reality, where we talk about everything gaming, everything nerdy, basically everything awesome. I am one of your hosts, Hebrew Hammer, and I am joined, as always, by Muggin. Yo. And, uh, yeah, we got a great show for you guys today. Um, got some big news to go over, too, as far as some logistical stuff about the Patreon and the show itself. So I'll go over that in just a second. But first, we're going to do the Shameless Shilling. So um, thank you guys all for your Patreon support. We really, really appreciate it. Um, just make sure to check out patreon.com forward slash ANRpod if you're interested at all about you know finding anything about the different tiers that we have there or perks. Um, please do so. And then, of course, if you have any questions, you can come to us over at discord.me forward slash ANR where you can hop in, have tons of different discussions about tons of different stuff. Just go to the role assignment uh, area and then just react to things that interest you. Um, all right. And then also for the totally free option to help us out, you can leave us a five star review on both uh, Apple podcast and Spotify It really helps out on both platforms if you do so. So definitely do so if you can or have not already. And then for the good slash interesting news coming up um, about the show itself. So for Patreons, we do finally have uh, our Patreon back in control as far as being able to post back on Patreon. So that'll be going exclusively through Patreon now for the show itself when we drop it early. Um, right after the recording is when we drop those within the next couple hours. And so, yeah, that's good. And then for the show itself, I think we're going to be switching over from Podbean, where we're hosting currently, over to uh, Anchor, because Anchor um, just manages things a lot better. Podbean has had us hung up on the feed multiple times where it doesn't release the episodes for some reason. Um, I've been in contact with support, like, I think three times with the same issue, and then it works temporarily, and then it eventually happens again. So I think we're going to be just shifting off of that and going to... Uh, a different host site so if there's any interruption there shouldn't be any interruption to service but if there is just um you know let us know and or be patient it should come through so yeah but let's go ahead and get on to the fun stuff now so um let's talk about some movies and tv muggin what do you think yeah let's do it Let's talk a little bit about The Sandman. We did go into a more in-depth thing for The Sandman this week on our Patreon cast um, but let's go ahead and do a little brief overview this time. So what did you think about it? I am digging the hell out of that show. It was very, very good. Um, I've just been super impressed, uh, with kind of what they've, what they've been doing there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that, you know, we talked about a lot of stuff beforehand, but I think the big things for me, the big takeaways are... And we haven't watched... I've watched four episodes in total. And I've watched six. You've watched six. So you are a little bit ahead of me. But so far, I think the, the first thing is is that I have never been turned around so dramatically on a show. Uh, judging from the trailer, I thought it was going to be just the cheesiest, cringiest, try-hardest thing I've ever seen. Um, in actuality, it all just somehow works to be awesome. And it uh, I buy every bit of it on you know how how serious it is and all the stuff that's happening, albeit ridiculous in some cases, like it's very cool. And they also try some, some more unique, interesting concepts that, you know, I, I think may or may not land sometimes, but, um, you know, it, it appeals to certainly some other people, um, quite a bit. So 
you know, just a slight difference in opinion there. But overall, I think it's respectable that they at least try to do something different and break the mold a bit. And yeah. the casting, um, I think, was fantastic. I would not have bet that going in, but it definitely was. And then the other big yeah. thing for me was just uh, the CGI is outstanding for an opening show like a you know show in its first season i would not have guessed that they would have the budget that they do unless they're all just amazingly efficient with their cgi budget i don't know but um it's certainly amazing one of the better one of the best cgi shows i've seen so far i'd say i think the only thing that rivals it is maybe season one of uh um Oh my god, why am I forgetting the name? Umbrella Academy. There we go. So, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. What about you? Yeah, like, I, I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, I, I definitely think, like, their effects team is just knocking it out of the park from the crazy special effects in the real world to the fully, obviously, fully CGI dreaming and hell mm-hmm. scapes. You know, they've done a really, really solid job there. Um, the other thing that I found to be really good so far has been like the overall pacing of the story and like how they're handling the medium of television, which this is something that, you know, we harp on Marvel quite a bit about because mm-hmm. it, it, it always seems like they they just take a movie and cut it into six pieces. Right. Yeah. And I think the thing that's really interesting and I think Netflix in its shows overall does a better job of is using the medium of television. And and the thing that's really humorous and ironic to me about that is that Netflix, while really embracing and doing a good job of working with the episodic format, just drops the whole thing at once. Mm -hmm. Whereas like Marvel who releases one episode a week, can't get it right. Right. I mean, it's like you would think that it would be the opposite. Netflix would, would have it being released one per week because of, you know, the fact that they've got the How episodic well formulas. They've really got, you know, for me, it's like there's always like each episode has been like very self-contained in the in the immediate storyline. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's been but always leaving something kind of leading into the next episode and and having some level of movement for what we what I would consider like the overarching storyline, um, which is shifting kind of towards the middle ground you you'll see this when you get there but it, it it's shifting into something other than what it started at but you're still it's kind of that overarching story of the sandman and kind of recovering you know from what's happened to him and 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 his journey in that world you know what i mean but yeah. um but so they they've got like the kind of the three what i call i think is like the three tenets of a good tv show is you know episodic uh, conflict and resolution mm-hmm. while still leaving something that makes you want to watch and, 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 and talk about it between now and the next episode that you see while also maintaining a, a, a season long storyline right. that gets some level of movement as we move forward. I, I thought Mandalorian did a good job of that as well, you know, where it was kind of like the case of the week, but there's the overarching storyline of get baby Yoda back yeah, exactly. to, his, to his family like that that's the way you should do it. You know right. what I mean? And um, so hopefully, you know, Marvel has done better on some shows than others. Um, but, but this one I think is just paced. The pacing is great. The casting is great. The acting has been on point. I haven't looked at anyone going, wow, you, you blew that one. Um, yeah. Same special effects on point. Just overall 
pretty stoked yeah with it so far i agree definitely definitely check it out if you have not already because it's worth your time no matter how cringy you think it might be i promise you this is coming from me like it it doesn't hit the cringy marks at all so for yeah. some reason yeah, if you watch that trailer and saw emo naked guy get sucked into the white light <laughs> exactly. and went, oh my god it, it you like even knowing that was coming because i kind of knew where it was going to happen once you start to see the show right um and you go when it happens you're like oh yeah it's not even nearly as bad as seeing it in context yeah <laughs> you know yeah I mean? so much it's better like, you're context. like oh yeah okay i, I under because you understand what's happening so. exactly exactly uh, but yeah no definitely good stuff all right well let's talk about the resort now this one i don't even know what is what is the resort so all right so we were you know you know, my wife and I are a avid watcher of trashy um, dating shows. Yes, I know. Discuss. I share the love of it. Yeah. So, you know, Love Island this year is on Peacock only, right? Right. So, or Hulu. Yeah. Well, Hulu for UK and Peacock for US. Oh, you watched? Oh, you watched the US one? I haven't even. I didn't know that it was on. The US one was on. Yeah, there. it's like it's active right. It's active right now. Uh, I've. I think I've watched one season, the very first season of the US one, and I was kind of. Oh, like, dude, Man. this one is. This season's been good, bro. Okay. It's. It's. It's, it's fucking spicy. It's spicy. Can, it like. Can I borrow your login? Just, <laughs> yeah. Well, do you have Comcast? No, I have AT and T. All right. Well. I'll have to, we'll talk about that, right. but yeah. Um, so, uh, but it, the resort, we saw the, 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 like the trailer, you know, they had the big image of it when it dropped and we were like, what the hell is this? And it says like comedy drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and we watched the trailer and we're watching the trailer. And like, dude, this looks like, like a suspense drama, like nothing comedic about this, like at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I was talking to someone else. And they were like, yeah, I watched the first episode. It was really good. I'm like, oh, well, shit. I got to watch it because it's got the guy who played Cheaty in The Good Place. Oh, yeah. I don't know if yeah. he and I, I really liked like him as an actor. Same. I think he's he's fun. So he he's like one of the two main characters. It's like him and his wife. Um, And, and the, the I forget. I don't know her name. And uh, she looks familiar, but I, I don't know where she's from. But anyway, um. It's uh, it's really good, man. Like it's 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 pretty freaking solid. Um, it's being released one episode per week. Um, I haven't seen this week's episode. We'll watch it tonight, but um, it's been really it's really good. Like the over under is, you know, this married couple going for their ten year anniversary at this resort in the Caribbean somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, in the first episode, they basically stumble upon this mystery and they decide to. Instead of going to the police, they decide to, like, investigate this mystery themselves and try and, like, piece together the puzzles of this thing that happened in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, you know, hijinks ensues. But right. it's, like, they're, they're obviously, like, way in over their head, you know? Um, so there is some there is some funny stuff that happens, but I would not peg it as a comedy. I would peg it more as a suspense drama that has some comedy in it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I'm actually um, watching the trailer as you speak. And yeah. uh, first of all, a good casting on a lot of these characters. Uh, I know it yeah, from no. a lot of TV shows, so that's good. They've got the guy from um, Santa Clarita Diet, The Sun. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's one of the characters in it, and my wife and I always really love that show. First of all, if you haven't seen Santa Clarita Diet, it's amazing. Um 
And but but like we always every time we see him in a show, we're like, oh, it's that kid whose mom says he's a delicious boy because that was like a a thing he said to a zombie in Santa Clarita died. He's like, my mom says I'm a delicious boy. <laughs> it's yeah. like so that's like forever ingrained in our heads for him. But uh, also they, yeah, no, they had uh, Nick Offerman too. I saw so that was good. yeah Nick Offerman's in it. Yeah, he he, he did a really good job. As yeah, well, he, so far. when does he not do an amazing job? But yeah, yeah, no, he's he's <laughs> like he's like a he plays like a a dad, um, you know that's like trying to rekindle his uh, you know relationship with his daughter, mm. and and it's it's good. Is his wife in it at all? Like his wife IRL? I don't think so. Oh, okay, the, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't check the red. You know who I'm talking about, though, right? The red-haired chick. Yeah, no, I haven't seen her yet, but that doesn't okay. mean she might not show yeah, up. Yeah, because usually they're always like, you know, in in shows and or movies together. Yeah. Um. But all right. Well, that's speaking cool. of, I thought it was funny in uh-huh. the Sandman when uh, Patton Oswalt's voice popped up. Oh shoot! That was the one thing I actually forgot to critique. I so like I don't want to go into like what it is or anything like that. I mean, I I love Patton Oswalt, but I have to say yeah. I I incredibly I, I I hate the thing that he plays. No, yeah, I'm not I I'm honestly agree. That that's yeah. the one thing I'm not a super fan of cuz it yeah. really pulls you out of it. Exactly. But, um, exactly. Yeah. We'll see how that that relays in the end. All right. But yeah, anyway. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next thing here, and that is Lightyear. So apparently you finally got around to seeing Lightyear. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, you know me. I know, I, I know. We can wait, wait till but... it gets on. Respectable, honestly. Well, listen, first of all, it didn't take that long. Let's be honest. I don't even think it made it a full 45 days. Um, so I, I, I know that there's people that don't like this movie for... I, I really honestly couldn't tell you the reason. I thought it was fucking awesome. Um, I really enjoyed it. My kids loved it. My wife loved it. Like, we loved everything about it. Like, there were definitely, I mean, there were some spots where you're like, oh, that's kind of cheesy. But, like, you know, just the the voice acting, the animation was top notch. The storyline I was, I was into, um, you know, they got into some timey-wimey bullshit, which was fun. Um, I thought that... Uh, you know, I didn't care that Tim Allen wasn't the voice of Buzz Lightyear. In fact, I thought um, Chris Evans did a very respectable job um, imitating, you know, some of the mannerisms of Buzz Lightyear and even the, the movie making fun of itself for some of that stuff. Um, and then basically you can see how the toy is basically the over-the-top version of the movie character. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, when you see... Because the yeah. idea is is that... You know, the toy Buzz Lightyear is based off of the character from the movie, and Lightyear is the movie that Andy saw in the theater and made him want the toy. Yeah, so, I mean that's that's their that's their play, and I I I buy it, and it and even like the subtle nods to Toy Story were in there, like when he first when you first see Buzz like land in his space, um, in his Space Ranger uniform or whatever, he literally says the exact same line. Mm-hmm the exact same monologue that was in the original toy story when buzz comes out of his package. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. And then the, the, the sheer magnitude of star Wars references in that movie was astounding. Um, there was much in there. Yeah. 
I apologize if my dog can be heard on occasion. I don't know when he will stop barking. He should be. I, I can't hear him. Okay, good. Makes you feel better. Well, hopefully you guys don't. But I will say for um, Lightyear, I definitely did in, enjoy it a lot. Um, yeah. my, my one thing is that I, on the other hand, did dislike the fact that they did not use Tim Allen's voice. It's not a deal breaker for me at all. I just don't understand mm-hmm. why. And I guess, and that's the frustrating part because I don't buy the whole, Oh, well it's, you know, that's the toy voice and this is the real person voice. And is the toy voice where they would try to emulate to be like the person's voice. So I don't know why there is that disconnect. It should be the same, um, especially since he's still alive. So I don't know. I find it as like just, dumb as them it's kind of so you want to know the funny thing about that 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 really will sure make you laugh so you know um tom hanks is the voice of woody right yeah so do you know that outside of the movies no voice that you hear of woody in anything even at the disney theme parks is tom hanks it's all his brother imitating his voice ah okay did you know that Uh, no so so like so I, I always think that's funny when people are like, you can't have a different person in the movie than that. Now, but now at the same time, like his brother sounds freaking just like him, mm-hmm. you know, like you would if you played them next to each other, you might hear the difference. But there is definitely a difference between, you know, Chris Evans and, um, you know, Tim, Tim Allen. Allen. And I think I think that I, I would say that Chris... I, in in my opinion, yeah, I think it would have been great for them to just get Tim Allen to do it because yeah. I don't see any. I also didn't really see a reason not to do it. Yeah, my guess is it probably boiled down to scheduling because he's on another show and he probably just didn't have time to do it. We all know it isn't that Disney doesn't want to work with him, which was the big conspiracy theory because he's doing a Santa Claus show with them. Yeah, you know that's filming right now. Um, so my guess is it's just it's kind of probably the standard like Hollywood couldn't line it up bullshit you know i think for Um, that i just would have waited until they could made it happen but yeah that or they they he just didn't want to do it but Mm -hmm. you know well even if they had someone i I still would have preferred someone to emulate the voice at least like i i yeah it it isn't as much of like i still think that tim allen deserves the role if he wants it right but i think if if not for whatever reason and they had to do it without him then I think that it should be emulated um, because yeah. I just think it makes more sense in literally every single way that you look at it. But yeah. regardless, I, and I, that's what I'm saying. I think he did a respectable job of like emulating it, but not perfectly identically emulating it. Does that make sense? Like, I mean, it had he, some similar mannerism, uh, mannerisms, yeah, like but, the mannerisms were there and the, the kind of the inflection of the voice, but obviously their voices are not yeah. the same and he didn't try to do the, the buzz voice. Right. You know what I mean? And that's so. what I think like, and, and I, I, I respect him for doing it like that because, you know, sometimes you got to do it your own way. Right. And that you might've directed him to do it that way. And, you know, maybe that's the way that they wanted to do it. That's fine. But to me, it's just like, why would you, you know, bypass on such an iconic voice for such an iconic character that's literally defined generations? So, yeah. But yeah. anyways, 
let's go ahead and move on. It's overall, it's a it's a great movie. We both agree on that, and that's a, a yeah. tiny detail that you can yeah. you know take or leave basically. Yeah, I'm just in a um. So I I used to be I've left it since I used to be in a Disney pass holders like Facebook group, right? Because we could like keep track of what was going on there, and 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 we've like given up our passes at this point because the the parks are such a shit show, but like that movie got panned so bad in that group everybody hated it and talked so much smack about it they hated the whole you know you know lesbian relationship and the you know i mean like they hated like they they went super right wing on it you know and they didn't want any of that stuff in their in their kids movies you know what i mean and and they they freaked out about the buzz thing and boycott it because tim allen's not in it and Oh my god, that movie was terrible. I didn't understand it, and like all this other stuff. And I, so my wife and I were going into it, going, "God, this movie's gonna suck." And we watched it, and at the end of it, we literally looked at each other and we're like, "I said to her, I was like, I don't understand how anyone couldn't just like that movie. It was a fun movie. You know what I mean? You know, is it gonna be? Is it gonna go down as Pixar's best film they ever created? Probably not, but it's definitely not their worst. <laughs> you know." Yeah, I mean, I would, anyway. I would definitely agree with you. I, I mean, I think that, I think the biggest thing is that people just overreact to shit these days. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, who, no, who sure. gives a shit if there's a lesbian relationship in this movie? I don't. Oh yeah. Like, le- lesbian and gay relationships happen. It's cool. Like, whatever. I'm not gonna be standing on a on a platform for this, right? But yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. But I mean, like, I think in our other conversations about it, I thought this one didn't feel forced at all. Exactly. Like, felt like it was just part of the world. Right. You know what I mean? That's what I was going to say is that like, I think it was actually one of the best depictions of it because it didn't draw attention to it purposely, right? No, it's it was just, just like, a thing that happened. Like Exactly. Whatever. So I, I actually liked the way that they portrayed it in here because it just didn't feel like a big deal, which is I feel like how it should be perceived now. But um, and I think it's good for kids also because whether you like it or not, it's the reality of the situation, and that's the way it is. So get used to it. Um, but regardless of that, and the whole like I because obviously I'm the person that that doesn't. I mean, I, I want Tim Allen to be in there, and I didn't like the fact that. But at the end of the day, I I still really like the movie, and I don't let that affect small things like exactly. that. You know, like I cannot like it, but also really enjoy the movie. So people just need exactly. To, calm down on stuff overall i think and stop yeah, finding yeah. hills to die on <laughs> but let's go ahead and all right down. let's jump into the news yeah sorry for dragging us back no no no, you're good star wars yeah go. let's go ahead and, and move on to the news stuff so <laughs> first thing is twitchcon has covid protocols put in place so there's about like fifty thousand in california there's about fifty thousand new cases per day still of covid and so there's but I guess California in general doesn't have rules put in place anymore, correct? I'm not exactly sure. I think I think it's basically that like not very many places as a statewide thing have really anything in place and they're just kind of leaving it up to the discretion of the event to mm-hmm. you know do what they want and 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 that kind of thing. Right. But I think that you know there's still that modicum of like do I really want to deal with that? Like, do I want to come? Do I not want to come? You know, mm-hmm. you're never going to make everybody happy, right? So you just have to decide kind of for your staff that you know is going to be working at the event. Like, how do I protect my people the best? Right. Um, and if that's like, we don't give a shit, Wild West, have fun. Or or like what TwitchCon is doing. So they've updated via a blog post that they are going to 
All attendees must wear a mask in all in indoors locations of the event. They must provide a vaccination card, so no vaccine, no entry, and they must have had a negative COVID test within 72 hours of the event um, taking place. So mm-hmm. they're definitely not effing around. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think um, it's, I mean, it's good. I think it's good overall that they have protocols put in place because I think that, you know, COVID is still happening. It's the reality as unfortunate as it is. And we got to be safe, you know? Yeah. So uh, I'm kind of glad that they're doing this. I'm also glad that they didn't like cancel the fest or anything like that. Cause I do want fun stuff to still happen despite COVID being still yeah. being around. But um, yeah. you know, we've seen a lot of places cancel recently and just been like, Oh, it's just easier to do it all online, you know? But um, it is. I think yeah. There's always there's definitely the um, you know th- they're making you know this has obviously made every type of event really look at the value of the event yeah and the the attendance and and what generally happens because I I do trade show design mm-hmm. as part of my job is like a lot of companies who if you've been to a trade show if you've exhibited at a trade show before they contact you way ahead of the trade show yeah even before dates are announced and say, Hey, and, and ask you if you're interested in attending. And what's been happening is like these bigger companies are saying, no, we're not gonna, do you know what I mean? We, right. we get more traction. If we just release a Nintendo direct, we get more traction. If we just have a state of play, exactly. Do you know yeah. what I mean? We, you know, so, so they're going, it saves us a bajillion dollars, you know, and all the man hours of sending all those people and the safety risks and everything. And we can produce a super high end video, right? And and be done with it. So that's where those type of events are going down. These type of events where it's more about like a meet the celebrity thing, these are the ones that are really coming back in full force. Your Comic Cons, right, your anime festivals, your fan days, your celebration six you know, things and, that and you can't that really do online efficiently. You wanna go and get Mark Hamill's signature, you wanna go and meet Obi you know, yeah. um, you and McGregor, like I, my, I have friends that own um, official picks, right? Which is like a huge. They're they're a pretty big um, autograph company, so they handle the autographs for celebration. And I remember them doing send-ins, and like they were just stacked with signatures to get, and they had all their signature lines sold out, and you know all that kind of thing. So those type of events aren't something that you can really do. Mm-hmm. Like people do do send-ins. For autographs, like I've done a send in, you know, when Dave Prowse couldn't travel anymore, I had to send my crazy Star Wars poster, which was probably one of the most nail biting experiences of my life outside of, you know, my children and things that they have caused <laughs> right. me, um, you know, sending that poster from here to London to be signed and then sent back and not being with it. Um, but they're a very trustworthy group. So um, and I've known them. For, I mean, they got me into the, the autograph scene. So. Um, but it's not the same. Like when I met Mark Hamill, when I talked to Billy D. Well, you know, I mean, that was fun. It was enjoyable to actually have a quick conversation with those people and see what they were like in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's definitely something that that you can't replicate online, right? You know, yeah, no, I I definitely agree. Yeah, there is 
a difference between things you can and can't do online. This is definitely one of them that you can't, and yeah, it's fun that they are actually continuing to do. So yeah, um, yeah, because if you just did TwitchCon online, it'd just be Twitch. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it would it'd just be like watching Twitch for the it'd day, be like you a know, Twitch, Twitch montage is, scenario. Yeah, yeah, going to see these people sitting together on a screen on a panel in real life versus you know five different bubbles on a screen you know from five different places in the world you know what i mean right um, but you'll actually have more interaction with them like on their own channel on their own time yeah right <laughs> so um so, but yeah let's go anyway, ahead and talk yeah, about no. the the next thing though um this is unity yeah. signs a multi-million dollar deal with the u.s army what do you think about this one <laughs> Yeah, man, Unity's having a good year. Um, yeah. Here, here's the thing. Um, you know, somebody has to make VR training simulators, right? Mm-hmm. And as far as, like, training troops, like, it, it, it somebody, you know, it, it is a state-of-the-art kind of top-of-the-line thing to do training exercises and, and things like that in, a, in many, many environments, um, you know, for which allows these guys to learn better like threat assessment and things like that so you know for basically what they're saying is you know they've signed a deal where they're going to be the the bat you know the the supporter that builds these worlds for them and I, i mean i think that's fine i don't have any issue with that i don't i don't see them there being a negative connotation to this i mean i guess you could be like well i don't like the fact that you're helping the government but i mean whatever like you know you got to make your money and they've been having some trouble lately Mm -hmm. um with money so this i think you know with a deal this big they can they can keep their developers online they don't have to lay anybody off you know what i mean they can continue to support their gaming and and maybe even grow their company off of this back and bone so let's see what happens um and hopefully their ceo doesn't uh continue to call developers idiots Um, yeah that was a pretty interesting move right there (laughs) um i do what do you think well i i do think first of all like going i think that just going back to what he said previously which i think you agree with right that you have to monetize you need to monetize your games like though i agree with the sentiment of what he said that i think that games Mm -hmm. should be monetized like that because i like free games that are monetized and ways where I have the option of spending it or not. But the way that he put it was definitely not great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think in regards to this, I don't have a problem with the move at all. Um, there's a, been a, a lot of internal issues, it sounds like, with people like who work for the company that don't want to do that, you know, don't want to support the government in that way, in a militaristic way. Um and so I think in that case, if they're doing these big deals, like I don't necessarily like it, it shouldn't be up to the employees, I don't think, you know, on how to the direction of your company. Right. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like if if they have monumental issues with it, like I do think they should kind of give those people an opt out. There's been a lot of companies recently that have given company, you know, uh, during big shifts, given people, employees opt outs of their contracts. Um, mm-hmm. in order to just make sure that, cause it, it's good on both sides. It's like, here's a, a good way out for you, um, with support. And that way you don't have to work here and, you know, sacrifice, you know, whatever your integrity may be. And, uh, then you can actually get people who want to work on that side of things. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. So I think that's probably like the most eloquent way to deal with that kind of scenario. Hopefully they try to do something like that um, because I do understand both sides of this argument um, yeah. just in that regard. Um, but yeah, sure. over like them being a part of supporting, you know, the government and the armed forces. Like I, I agree with what you said. Someone's got to do it right. And it's better to send out trained troops than non-trained troops always. So, yeah, yeah. so like that's just kind of the reality of the situation. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so overall, not a problem, um, and it, it kind of is what it is. I think you know. Yep. Um, All right. Let's go ahead and move on to the next, next thing. Uh, Microsoft accuses Sony of blocking games from Game Pass. So, brief overview. Apparently, Sony has been caught dealing out some money to certain developers in order to not put games or at least accused of doing this right not put games on microsoft game pass so what do you think about that scenario well yeah i mean so apparently it's basically not it's not just an accusation anymore there's been leaked documents that and and some contracts subpoenaed that basically Sony will say if you put this your game on on Game Pass, you won't be allowed to release a PlayStation version of it. Mm-hmm. Which for many developers is like a death sentence because not not being able to take 50, you know, 50 plus percent of the console market. I don't know what the percentage breakdown is anymore, but we all know that Sony has well over 50% of the consoles that are in the in the world right now, right? Yeah. So um you know what I mean? you can't like not have Sony, but at the same time, like, um, you know, it, it basically boils down to an exclusivity argument. Mm-hmm. Um, and what Microsoft is kind of saying is going, well, hold on a minute. Like you guys live, eat and breathe off of exclusive games. God of war last, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the list goes on and on. And, um, and and now that somebody else is finally doing it back to you in a way that could harm you, you're crying foul. Right. And um, you know, it, it's it's just kind of like the irony is hilarious. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's it's it is ironic. And no matter how you look at the Activision, the the acquisition of Activision, no matter what happens, it's gonna it's changing the landscape of gaming. Um. You know, for me, I think it's fine. I, I don't really have a problem with it. Like, whoever can own whoever, as long as I can make a decision based on what I know, then I'm fine with that. Like, when I buy an Xbox, I know that I'm not going to play God of War on it. I know that I'm not going to play the last, you know what I mean? I know right. these things when I make that choice. Just like if I buy a PlayStation, I know that I'm not going to play Halo or Forza on it because those are Xbox's games. So. You know, that's that. The funniest and most ironic thing of this is that, I don't know if you knew this, but MLB uh, 22 and 23, mm-hmm. which are developed by a PlayStation-owned studio called, like, PlayStation whatever, were both day one releases on Game Pass. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so funny. there's literally PlayStation-funded and built games that are day one releases on, expa- on, on Game Pass. So it's like, but now you're saying... You're you're saying to your people that you can't you can't do this. So what what Microsoft is basically saying is like no no no, like play fair. Like if it's a first party game and you don't want it on my my thing, that's fine. But don't put into your more basic contracts that 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 they can't be on my service. You right. know what I mean? If you want exclusivity with a with a company, then get your exclusivity. 
Do you know what I mean? The the next thing, the thing that really I think pissed Microsoft off was that um, Sony claimed that Call of Duty was a quote unquote essential game, yeah, and that it was not okay for Microsoft to own it. Yeah. Like own the studio that made it. And Microsoft is like, what are you talking about? Like you just bought destiny. Like you just bought the del- developer that makes destiny, yeah. which is a huge game. And you, and, and um, you guys own the Spider-Man games and you guys own the God of war series. You know what I mean? And you own the last of us, which are huge franchises. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't have exclusivity with those and then also then be pissed off that this game might go exclusive, right? So, you know, I, it's just that exclusivity argument and what it is and it, it's going to be what it's going to be and we'll see what happens. I thought the funniest thing that come out of it, which wasn't in this article, was another one I read, was that uh, in one of their documents uh, that got sent in as like rebuttal, Xbox, Microsoft like basically put a paragraph in there um, where they gave like unsolicited advice that said exactly what they think Sony could do to make PlayStation Plus better. And it literally said is like their service would be much better and people would buy it if they would put their first party games on it day one like we do. Mm-hmm. Because that's why people buy Game Pass. Because they get all of our first party games on launch. And they don't get that with PlayStation. And that's why they have problems. Not because of us. And it was just like damn shots fired <laughs> yeah i agree it's so it, it's an interesting development between those two but you know at the same time it's with microsoft and sony they've been at each other for ages and it's really just shows that <laughs> sony's just butthurt that microsoft got the game pass scenario out before they did you know what i mean well i th- and i also think it's it's like it's kind of a pride thing like for so many years Sony dismissed dismissed Microsoft because Microsoft doesn't do well in Japan. Yeah. Like but Sony always did well in the states. So to them like Microsoft could never really touch them and now that Microsoft has really gotten serious about gaming and I think it's really that Microsoft wasn't really serious about it, like super serious about it, until they were ready to be super serious about it. Mm-hmm. And when they decided to go super serious about it, they did it right. You know what I mean? And now it's a threat. So now PlayStation, because they're way behind the eight ball, you know, because they were complacent in at the, in the top of their tower, you know what I mean? Right. Of we're the best. Now they can't catch. Now they're worried that they're not going to be able to catch up, which we've talked about before. So yeah, it's just dumb. Yeah. Anyway. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to some of the gaming stuff then. So, first big thing, uh, Tower of Fantasy released, um, what was it, three days ago, I think? Yeah, today I think is technically day four. Okay, yeah. Um, Because the timing is really weird because it, you know, it's it's based on UTC and, like, it said it was going to release on the 11th, but in the U.S. it actually released on the 10th uh, because of the way that the negative, negative on the UTC went, but... Yeah. Well, what do you think about... You've played it the most out of us. Genshin in space. space Basically, space. that is that is kind of what it what it's uh, uh, meant to be, I suppose. It's, it's certainly not copied, but heavily, heavily inspired, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I would say it's heavily inspired by Genshin as much as I would say Genshin is heavily inspired by Breath of the Wild. You know, it's... 
it's it's of the same vein. I think the big thing is and look, let's be honest, there are a ton a metric fuck pile of anime looking cell shaded games live service flying out of Asia right now. Do you know what I mean? Like there's piles of these damn things. Yeah. And um what it what it basically is is that Tower of Fantasy is probably the strongest in the bunch, the bunch. behind Genshin. Yes. And you know, and I it's probably has to do with the amount of money they've got behind it. Um I think it's also far enough away from an aesthetic standpoint that it's not seen as a clone, rather a a different, it, 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 you know, same style, but a different, you know, game. Because it's it's way more tech. I mean, you ride around on a motorcycle, you got jetpacks, and you know what I mean? Like, they're definitely leaning into the sci-fi. There's, you know, crazy-ass guns and, and, and giant crazy stuff but still has the luke so you know whatever um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean i've been having a ton of fun with it um almost more fun than i had with genshin and i'm not sure why i mean maybe it's because sci-fi yeah which is stupid because i love like you know asian um you know mythology and you know all those style and the and everything about it but um i loved genshin for a while and then i got into this weird grind where i just wasn't feeling the grind of it mm-hmm. and and look the same thing may happen here um but i found myself completing dailies faster and more often than i would in genshin um I think I don't know if it's because of the way it's laid out. Overall, a little bit more stricter, I think, and a lot of the things it does. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. I mean, the the combat is really, really slick. The way the combos work and the way that the abilities and the weapon switching is done. I mean, they definitely uh, didn't do the like, hey, I've got four characters in my party and we're all running around together. They, you are a single person that's carrying three weapons. Um, and you can switch between the weapons and, you know, so in that regard, it's similar because if you looked at Genshin's characters as weapons, they you're switching between the weapons, but they're actually still there fighting with you when you're not controlling them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I like that they in gave you cases. that option, you know what I mean, to, to have it just be one seamless character with the different weapons or, you know, feel like you're in a group. So that was fun because I think, like, originally with... In Genshin, given the option, I would have picked um, just my character, and if I, you know, had the ability to do it. Mm-hmm. But now I, I've gotten used to the group dynamic, and I do like it. Um, yeah. So I, I originally started with um, the single option, uh, but I've switched back over to group option. So. Yeah, I've I've actually really the thing I actually really liked about this, and and maybe this is is it is like. You know, I I fiddled around with the character creator while watching TV for like an hour or whatever, yeah. and I made my dude, and I colored him, up, you know, styled his face and put a scar on him and picked the color of his eyes and did his, you know, did did all the stuff. So it's like my character. I agree. And now I get a weapon, and it's like if I want to look like King or Zero or Crow or Samir or whatever, yeah, I can attach their their character skin to me and look like them with their weapon 
or I can just be my dude carrying around a big ass fire scythe. And and I have there's no difference in the 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 from a gameplay perspective outside of some animations. You get a a bigger ultimate animation that's unique to the skin. Um, but you know, even then, people turn most people turn that off because it's it takes it takes time for it to animate and things like that. So. I feel like it's more my style of action RPG where it's me and my three weapons and I'm doing my thing and, and I'm the character, you know what I mean? Not right. them. Um, which I think is enjoyable for me. Right. Um, I, I get that. For but sure. yeah, I think overall, like it's, it's a super fun game. Um, I am, I'm not too terribly far into it, but I plan on playing it quite a bit. It's just that Genshin, of course, I'm not sure if this was planned or not, but Genshin released a lot of content this month, and I am a huge Genshin player, so mm-hmm. um, I have been trying to complete all of that stuff right before 3.0 releases, which it's going to be at the end of this month, so I've been doing so much stuff there, but I, I can't wait to like c- continue to dive into Tower of Fantasy, because it does it does feel a little more free than Genshin does in some ways. Oh yeah, dude. It do- certainly oh, doesn't yeah, feel sure. as polished. But it definitely feels more free. And so, yeah, like it has, you know, there's benefits of both. But I there is one thing I really don't like about it. And it's more the developer than the game itself. But did you hear about like the stolen stuff? Like the, Mm-mm. the um, what do you call it? The trailers and everything like that. Mm-mm. So like, it's just a issue with the developer. Like I said, it's. Not the game, unless you are one of those people that considers them one and the same, which I typically am, but I'm kind of giving this one a pardon, I guess. Um, But basically, whenever this game first started, you know, rolling as far as trailers coming out and everything like that for it, uh, they released a trailer and someone noticed that there was the same, like, framework animations as another trailer that had come out through to a diff- different game before. And a lot of assets um, were the same. And they realized that actually they that company stole all of their assets from their game and applied it into their new little gameplay trailer thing that they had. So originally it was built off of a bunch of people's assets, a bunch of other game creators' assets. And so they found out in the, this game company, I forgot what they're called, um, they put out a big apology and they were like, oh, it was, you know, some some people who we had hired. They did it. We didn't. We weren't aware of that. We're sorry. You know, like it's I, I mean, I, as a developer, I could buy well, that like as someone. who Right. Right. But hold on again. It, it gets worse. So there's that. Right. And then after that, they're they released a while later. Right. Um, I think about probably about six months later or so. They released a trailer, and it was shot for shot the same exact trailer as a trailer made for a different game, a much smaller different game, um, not too long ago. So it was shot for shot the same. and But using their game. Using their game, but it was literally... So it was Tower of Fantasy game, but they duplicated another trailer. Yes, it was, it was shot for shot the same trailer, but yeah, like it was in the, the, basically a skin of uh tower fantasy which was dirty 
that was dirty and they uploaded it onto youtube people down i mean people saw it were like what the hell and so they were called out immediately for it got tons of really bad attention they deleted the video and never spoke of it they refused to comment on it so they were caught with their pants down twice on stealing stuff basically not great like i said like i said it's not going to deter me from playing the game really but I am keeping that in the back of my mind. Um, certainly is not a good way to be, uh, you know, or, or good practices for a developing company to have. That's for sure. Yeah. From what I understand, though, as a de- as a developer of a live service game, mm-hmm. they're extremely transparent for the game itself um, to the player base as to like what's going on. And, and they give out a lot of apologems when things go wrong. Like, like we've already gotten. uh you know, six hundred for an emergency maintenance they had to do um, because of matchmaking. Mm-hmm. Three hundred for that, and then three hundred from uh, the server troubles on launch day, which is basically half of a ten pull. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, I they've been pretty good so far on the game side of things. Like their marketing department is no offense, their marketing department is separate from the development team anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and they and they might farm that out to a marketing firm and a you know what I mean and the marketing firm brush it I, that stuff doesn't bother me so much. It's kind of like you can't be mad at the guy that codes the game for the decisions of the of the big wigs on how to monetize it. Like that's not his fault. Mm-hmm. Um, the game is good and the monetization sucks. I mean we've had conversations about that. This one seems to be pretty pretty standard fare, but they give out a ton of free pulls. Like I'm I've already hit my eighty pity. Right, which means mm-hmm. that I got my thirty pity. Your thirty thirty soft pity is a new character, so you guaranteed SSR at thirty. Their pity doesn't reset when you hit an SSR, so that's thirty towards my eighty. And then I actually hit an SSR on on pull seventy six. Mm-hmm. So I got my second SSR on pull seventy six, and then on eighty I got my third because that's the pity. Right for the the normal pity is eighty pulls. So. You know, in your first 80 pulls, you're guaranteed two SSRs, which is awesome. And then you they have this newcomer missions that you do and you gain points. And it's when you hit 700 points with most people who are hitting today, day four, um, you get a selector SSR box. So a lot of games will give you like an SSR ticket that pulls like a random SSR. These guys were like, no, no, no. Every SSR in the game that's of the base SSR pool, you just pick one. Whichever one you want, mm-hmm. which is awesome when you when you are in the first three days getting 80 pulls. Right. You know, now you're basically guaranteed to have a full like I have th- I pulled three. So since you have three weapons, you by 80 pulls, you'll have you should unless you pull a dupe unluckily, but you'll have three weapons. So all three of your weapons can be SSR and you can use that pull that that selector box to pick a weapon that that you may be missing out of like oh i don't have a good frost weapon right. i take mirror oh i don't have a good electric weapon i pick samir oh i didn't i don't have a fire i grab king so it's it's definitely do they have a good really system nice. for dupes yeah yeah so when you get a dupe weapon it turns into a core and you use it to star up the weapon so your weapon comes at zero stars it can go up to 6 so it's very much like, like constellations. The constellations in genshin except from what I can tell, the ability ups are way stronger than what they are in Genshin. Like, you get some pretty bonkers abilities just for, like, star one. 
and each star gives you a new ability that continues to augment that mm-hmm. character and and some characters even basically their roles completely shift as they get to six star and stuff like that because there's certain passives and things that they get that just makes them do things that they couldn't do as a C0. Mm-hmm. So I've seen some lists where they basically say like this character like these character SSRs are great at 0. These SSRs really need like star 2 and these need star 5 so you can kind of even plan ahead. Right. Um and then every 120 pulls you'll generate these little cores um and those can the 120 of them can be used to buy a duplicate of any SSR you already own. Oh, that's nice. So you're you're generating, you know, the ability to get stars all the time anyway. Right, right, right. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, like, right there, Play Tower Fantasy, it certainly is worth trying out, so especially if you're a fan of Genshin, then you already kind of like that game, so, you know, definitely. We're on the Solaris server. Yes, not that we need more people on it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, it's it gets pretty busy, like, it's certain times of days, yeah, there is a bit of wait, but even then, with the wait, like, I had a pretty prime time yesterday whenever I logged in, and realistically, I think it took about 10 minutes. It gives you an absurd time, right? Oh, yeah. Like, it gives you a... Like, yesterday. Sorry, I was going to say, it gave me six hours yesterday, and it, it really yeah. took, like, 15 minutes to get in, so... Yeah, the the worst... I On launch day at night, it was, like, eight, 9 or 10 o'clock at night Eastern. I think I waited, like, an hour, but I just, like, set my phone down and watched TV. Um, like last night I got on this around the same time, um, cause I knew there'd be a queue and I knew I wanted to play around 10. So I just jumped in at nine and it said I was going to be waiting like three hours and there was like 400 people in queue. And I think it took like 30 minutes maybe. Um, right. they also have a good disconnect thing. So like earlier today I was online, like that night I got disconnected, like my game froze right. and I was like, great. Like I'm screwed. Um, but I just forced close it and reopen it and it just dropped me right in because my tech game account was still technically logged in. So I got to bypass the queue. That's nice. So anytime I've been playing with the queue and I had to queue in and then gotten disconnected or had something go wrong, like I tabbed out to look up something on the internet and went back and the game had restarted, it's always let me right back in. So they definitely have put in some good code to handle that. Um, you know, obviously I wouldn't wait 30 minutes before I checked again. Yeah. But- um yeah but and they don't seem to have an auto kick like i've left my phone sitting there for like 45 minutes logged in and it just go it says low power mode across the front it dims your screens you don't waste battery and just let you stand there for (laughs) an eternity um but yeah so we're on solaris it is it is got some pretty big name streamers on it like tectones on there and eden of gaming is on there but we're running with um uh, a YouTuber named Legions. Uh, he's a real nice guy. We're we're actually just joined his um, uh, club for now, because and probably permanently because the the full size of 180 people, and it's just you know we're obviously not big enough to handle yeah exactly. to, to fill that out, and I don't really want to be recruiting people, so especially not 180 of them. So <laughs> yeah, so we're just running with running with that exactly. Um, and it's been really fun, super inviting group. Um, very nice people. So, yep. Sweet. All right. Um, well, let's go ahead and talk about the next big thing, and that is uh, Splatoon, Splatoon 3 Direct. So we just got a bunch of information on Splatoon 3. I myself have played Splatoon 2, and I was not mm-hmm. a gigantic fan of it, but I, I am the first one to admit I did not really give it a fair shake. 
because uh, mm-hmm. I also just downloaded uh, Mario Tennis at the time as well, and I played mm-hmm. the hell out of some Mario Tennis instead. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but Splatoon 3 coming out, what do you think? Yeah, no, I'm really stoked. I'm not, I, I don't want to talk about like everything they announced, but let's just say they took the formula that was working, they've added to it, they've brought back a bunch of really good maps from Splatoon 2 and 1, um, they've added two new weapon types, um, a bow and like a, a paint katana. Mm-hmm. Um, they've brought in like super abilities now where like as you play, you generate charge and you can drop these super abilities, which are pretty cool. Um, they've made Salmon Run permanent, which was a game mode. It's like a wave based game mode where you're like fighting waves of these fish monsters um, with mini bosses and bosses and stuff. Um, and they, they made like a bunch of new bosses. So it's it's more varied. Um, and instead of making it like, oh, it's only available, you know, for a week, it's, it's, it's going to be permanent, which is cool. They made the, um, the gaming hub, which is like a city bigger. There's more abilities to like hang out with your friends in that city. Um, and a lot more customization options for your gear and your clothing and stuff like that. So I don't know. It's a, it's a fun game and, um, it's just fun to me. It's like, it's like, uh, you know a control you know it's an area control game that has a really unique mechanic that just turns out to be a lot of fun you know um mm-hmm. so i'm i'm definitely going to be picking it up i just pre down i pre-ordered the the demo um whatever that means mm-hmm. um i just did that <laughs> okay well the um i'll probably actually do that too come to think of it um that sounds like fun uh, but let's go ahead and move on to the next thing with Netflix because I don't have much to speak on Splatoon other than the fact that I want to yeah. give it a shot at least for the next one. Um, yeah, it's looking really good. Yeah, but Netflix and their game system, so or I mean their mm-hmm. game implementation, I should say. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming you have not used the the game system for Netflix yet, right? No, I have. Oh, you have? I have too, actually. Yeah. Um, not intuitive is the answer to no, everyone's best like i saw it. i saw an article saying that a game that i've been wanting to pay, play for ages and, and literally was almost bought like last week mm-hmm. uh, into the breach was on it so i jumped on my netflix app and after s- just trying to figure this out for like 15 minutes i finally just searched it and there was like a you know like a i don't know like a how to do it Mm-hmm. article that told you exactly what to do and i was like wow this is fucking stupid um yeah so yeah they definitely made it not easy and it it, it should be so easy exactly um and they just made it unintuitive at best and then they're like going well why is nobody playing these games it's like well because nobody even knows you did this exactly um, in order to make this thing work you're gonna have to build it natively onto the app like for sure yeah. Otherwise, no one will bother. No, no one will know, and the people that do know won't bother. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like my Samsung Game Hub just launched, right? Right. They were not coy about telling me that that feature was new. Mm-hmm. They were not coy about adding it as its own option in my main menu. Right. They didn't just like slide it in four rows down and didn't make it look any different, and you wouldn't even know they were video games unless you knew what they were. Right. You know, unless you were really paying attention. As you're doom scrolling your Netflix feed, so um, exactly, yeah. So I, there's definitely ways that they could have been handled so much better, and hopefully they do kind of take the feedback because I'm sure most of the feedback is going to be 
like, wait, what? Netflix released their game stuff? Because no one knows. So, yeah. Yeah, if they just had a tab on the very top, you know, exactly. Like, like movies, movies TV, TV, games. And then games. Yep. It, they'd be. That's all they need. That's all. That's literally all they need to exactly. do. Exactly. And it'll be fine. Yep. But until they do that, it's not. It's, so, anyway. Yeah, you can scroll down and it's like the fourth row on your Netflix app. It'll say games, kind of small. And then there'll be games. But it doesn't even list them all. So you kind of got to like look up on the in, on internet the, the names of all the games. And then if you want one, you type that in into the search box and it'll come up. Yeah. Um, so like I, I, event, I, I found it eventually. Like I found I knew Into the, into the Breach was there. Mm-hmm. So I, I ended up like typing it in. But then I was like, well, how do I see the full list of everything that's available? And I couldn't figure it out. That's why I went online because I wanted to see all the games. And then when I saw the list, I was like, oh, shit, Moonlighter's on there. I've been wanting to play that, too. You know what I mean? And those are my two Dave's hidden gems of Netflix. If you have Netflix, you can get two fantastic games uh, completely free. Um, you know, and it's it's great. Yeah. Uh, the way they set it up. So you basically download on your app store a version like I've got Into the Breach and it's called Netflix dash Into the Breach. And when you boot it up, it has you log into your Netflix account and then it just you just play the game as if you spent 15 bucks on it. Um and I heard, because I haven't booted up Mur- Moonlighter yet, that once you log in for your first game, you won't have to log in for any of the other games because it, it, it knows that you're logged in for some way they make the token cookie or whatever. Um, which I thought was also nice because it's like once I log in once, I'm done. Um, kind of thing. Yeah, for me though, this still like it won't be a success until we can basically stream it through Netflix. Like, I... I well, I... Th- I don't think I don't I think we're always going to have the secondary app and um I I and I know that it has specifically to do with the way that um the App Store is set up because it's the same problem Microsoft had with wanting to stream on Apple's App Store mm-hmm. was that um Apple was going to was forcing them to make a a, a an individual application for every game they have a thing in the way that the app store terms and conditions for developers are made mm-hmm. that you can't have multiple games bundled inside of a single app um well i think so, i think that's gonna have to change like they're gonna have to cut a deal with with apple well, microsoft tried to fight him in court over it and they said fuck off and the court said no they can do whatever they want in there um fortnite won their thing and there was there's hope that that might be enough to to push it, but not, not yet. Yeah. We'll have to see, but I'm just saying like, it's just not going to be, I I would bet money on the fact that it will not be a success. We'll continue to have a very low play rate until you can play it natively through the application. Cause most people, you'd get a shit ton of people. If you get it natively through the application, parents that are like, Oh, like what's this? Netflix has games. Like, okay, there's some kid games here. Play some kid games like for their kids to just keep them busy. I could absolutely mm-hmm. see that crushing it. You know, um, other people are just like, oh, what did this games tab? See it and then play it through it. But the second you're going outside of the app to download a game, boom, it's done. So, yeah. but yeah, we'll see. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it and we'll see what happens. Next thing, Overwatch 2. They are, this was very surprising. They're going to have no loot boxes. And there's no paid loot boxes. No paid, yes, yes, no paid loot boxes. Um, 
but they're basically going straight for the battle pass system and they're going to put everything into there for their monetization which i think and stores they're doing both so it's going to be like warzone where you can there's a battle pass and you get stuff in the battle pass but then there's also like you know you can just go buy a weapon skin for three bucks Mm -hmm. or whatever that's they're gonna follow that like call of duty Warzone style thing where it's kind of it's it's the same thing as Fortnite like they've mm-hmm. got the battle pass and then you just straight up buy a cosmetic for gold or crystals right they're just they're just they're just getting rid of the randomness in it and let you just buy straight up um which is in my opinion the better way to do it the only way the loot boxes work is if they're dirt freaking cheap you know what I mean yeah. Or, or they're free. Like, I'm fine with a loot-based cosmetic system if it's free. Like, if I'm just earning loot boxes by playing the game, and then when I want to buy something with cash, I just buy it, and I know what I'm getting, that's fine by me. Uh, um, I'm much more of a fan of the, the League of Legends route, where it's you have the option to buy all the cosmetics, like, straight out. But if you want, at a discount, at a good discount, um, you can get a loot box instead, and that holds the option for anything. Um, right, that's what I'm saying. I just, for me, I like it when the loot box is free. I like it when the loot box is free, but I don't, I don't mind it when I have to pay for it as long as it makes sense. Like, if right, yeah, as I'm saying, it's got to be super. Yeah, cheap. The loot box is the only way to get it. That's annoying. Um, but yeah. for ones like, I think the best system to incorporate loot boxes, battle passes, and everything else is just like have everything as a straight up payout option. So that way, someone can target exactly what they want. And yeah. and then have a discount option for a loot box. That's what works for me. Mm-hmm. But works for me as well. either way. This is a, definitely a step in the right direction for Blizzard, who's stumbled a lot recently, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that this is very cool. I'm glad that they're doing it. Um, and yeah, I'm more inclined, even though I, Blizzard still annoys me and frustrates me to no end right now. Um, they are making some decent moves right now at least with overwatch 2 so i am excited to at least give it a shot and um see how it goes yeah Mm -hmm. um do you have anything more to say on that or am i good to move on no you're good all right so ea says uh that players like the fifa loot boxes what do you think about that I mean, they're basically just saying that the that the loot boxes in FIFA have been there for forever since before loot boxes were a thing, and that it's just an intrinsic value, and it and it um, you know, it makes sense. And they even went as far as saying that it that it mirrors the real world in that if you want to pay money, you can get better stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Kind of harking to the fact that like if you pay more money for your players, then you'll have better players. Um, you know, well, except you know, the world doesn't work off a loot box. Is the only thing, but well, right, but but exactly. So it's 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 kind of a flawed thing. They're basically trying to say that like it's ingrained in the DNA of the game mm-hmm. since long before loot boxes were a problem, and that their player base knows this and is comfortable with it because it's always been like this. Which, yeah, sure, maybe, but at the same time, like. Maybe they'd be happier if they weren't loot boxes and you just buy that dude straight up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Who's well, to say? so here, here's the thing. I will say I do hate it whenever companies like and I find it hilarious because companies have absolutely done this before. But when companies 
only have the option for loot boxes and then whenever they're reamed for like why are you using loot boxes loot boxes are bad and then they look at the statistics of people buying loot boxes and they say look people love it look how many people are buying it and it's like well yeah because that's the only fucking option you asshole yeah, exactly. but it looks yeah. like and i was actually just looking because i don't play fifa at all but i was actually just looking to see if you can buy it by people outright or not and apparently you can it's just that there's the option of a loot box so in that case just like ironically what we were talking about just a minute ago i don't mind it if you know if you want to play a game of chance with it sure i I like to play games of chance so as long as Mm -hmm. i have the option to buy it out basically if i get really annoyed with me not getting it on the first or second loot box then sure I'm, i'm cool with it so overall like not bad as long as they have the ability to buy out, cool. We're good. Um, but all right, let's go on to the next thing because there's not too much there to say on, right? No, yeah. These last yeah. few things are just quick little tidbits. So. Um, DBZ um, coming to Fortnite. Ugh, I'm getting so tired of having these characters in Fortnite, dude. I, I the article that I linked in the show notes, the comments are the best. <laughs> and someone go the <laughs> first comment one. is. You would think Goku could literally throw a bullet with more speed and accuracy than firing it out of a He gun. literally did at and, one point, yeah. And the next guy goes, hell, he could probably fart with more accuracy and power than firing gun a gun. Have you seen that dude eat? <laughs> He'd be dropping a deuce that would choke King Kong. Um, but it's just like, it's just like, it, it, to me, like, this is even worse than the Naruto one. Yeah. Um, because like especially having just played been playing around in Dragon Ball Legends like the sheer magnitude of power that Dragon Ball Z characters have yeah is like literally they could fart and wipe the entire Fortnite map off the face of the planet you know what i mean like yeah they basically throw the sun at each other daily um, and seeing these characters with like guns and so shit stupid. is stupid to me. Like I just don't yeah, like it's just that. Dumb. Yeah. So it is what it is. If you're a Fortnite player, more power to you. But yeah, like I just don't like. I inherently don't like. I love crossovers in games. I actually really enjoy crossovers in games. But I don't like it whenever you take someone totally out of their element and apply them to this brand new aesthetic. It just doesn't make any sense to me seven deadly sins yeah just make them make them mean make them mean something yeah like seven deadly sins did that with the strangest crossover i've ever seen in my life um they brought over stranger things which i still have no idea how they got the rights to it even like because usually american made properties rarely ever make crossovers with anything um, because they're so protective of them, while um, you know Japanese-owned and, and Chinese-owned properties, they make crossovers all the time. But in this case, yeah, like I don't know how, but Seven Deadly Sins game got a Stranger Things crossover, and I it was just the dumbest thing in the world seeing those characters, besides maybe Eleven, right? Um, but seeing all the rest of those characters in the world where there's just absolute chaos and destruction everywhere with magical abilities. So, not a fan of stuff like that. This is one of them. Just, I don't like it. Yeah. Um, but let's go ahead and move on to the next thing. Apex Legends hits its highest concurrent PC players during protests to stop playing. That is so, like, 
our generation. Spot I feel on. like, yeah, it's so spot it on. It really it's is. Bullshit. Like all that the attention does is just bring more people to it because no one's going to, I mean, like few people have the will to actually participate in the protest. Way more people are going to see it, be interested by it, even, you know, even if they agree with it or disagree with it, but they want to go in and see like, Oh, what is this? Let me see. How bad is it? Let me get in and play. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that's all it does. So, you know, curiosity yeah. genuinely yeah. killed the cat. And, and what's stupid about it is that, you know, the things that these guys are doing this, like, hashtag no Apex August, mm-hmm. it, it's just, like, stupid little things. It's, like, none of it is, like, they're not protesting loot boxes. They're not protesting this and that. They're saying, like, your skins aren't cool enough. And, like, there's this one little bug that you can't seem to get right. You know what I mean? So let's not play your game for... Someone basically Reddit. Someone said, "Let's not play the game for a day," and it it got all these things, and they turned it in, and like the Reddit you know mob turned it in. Let's not play for a whole fucking month, and it's like, yeah, like that's ever gonna fucking happen. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, here we go. They they kick off August, and this is just on Steam, so this doesn't count console. It doesn't count phones, which Apex, from what I understand, on I, I downloaded. I just haven't played it. Yet on phones is like phenomenal it's like the best they've said i I, from what i've heard it's like the best implementation of of that kind of game on a phone yet right but um so their previous record of concurrent players on steam was four hundred eleven thousand, and they busted five hundred and ten thousand. so like a hundred thousand bump from their previous record from may so may june july august a thousand player daily growth rate Sorry, a hundred thousand players in a three month time period is pretty massive. Um so yeah, I think I think y'all done goofed. Um and just prove to them they don't need to do a damn thing. Exactly. Um, if anything, they're like doing, Yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep protesting more. <laughs> so Um and then one quick thing I want to add. So apparently, how does this make you feel? Mm-hmm. Kung Poo Fan Kung Fu Panda Four. March 8th, 2024. Apparently, it just got announced. I mean, I love um, that. I love Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. Love the property. So, uh, have Getting a full new movie now in theaters. Yeah. So, giant fan of that. Wanted that for a long time. The most recent uh, series that just dropped on Netflix, I think, like a month ago, mm-hmm. um, also features Jack Black. Uh, as the voice actor. Yeah, no, I saw that. Yeah, where the one before it was uh, Mike Wingert, who I have the pleasure of knowing, actually, who did a killer job with it. Um, Sounds just like him. But yeah, like, it's it's become a big enough property now that they're just bringing Jack Black back every single time. So, yeah. Very cool. I love, love, love that property, so I'm super excited for it. Yeah. Sweet. Well, that does it. All right. That's pretty much it for this week, guys. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Um, Make sure to check out all those different perks on Patreon. Like I said, leave those five-star reviews, all the good stuff. And, yeah, um, thank you very much, Muggin. Thank you. And we will see you guys next week. Peace.